Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from First Orlando. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at firstorlando.com. And if you're in the Orlando area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now, enjoy this podcast from First Orlando. If you'll bear with me, I want to share something that has helped me in my life. It's been a part of a story that I've continued to watch God do. And um, so we're going to start that. Anybody big fans of Advent? How many of you know what Advent is? Some of us, right? Most of you are like, yeah, because there's this calendar that comes and it has chocolate in it. Um, I want to talk a little bit this morning about how these Advent seasons, which we're starting this weekend, can actually be a great template, a great reminder, a great opportunity to practice what God wants to do in our lives when we have to wait. How many of you raise your hand, love waiting? Okay, weird. No, but you do, you love it. People love waiting. They're not the norm. Most of us don't like to wait, right? So I found myself a few years ago sitting in a situation leading a a national thing and um, I, I was in the middle of just going, God, I don't know where you are right now. And I would bet some of you are walking in in that same feeling where you're sitting and wondering, God, I feel like I've been faithful. I feel like I've worked hard. I tried to make good decisions and yet there's this quietness on the other line, end of the line, right? And you're going, God, I, I just would desperately love something from you. Just give me a little something. And yet there's quiet. And for me, even in that season, I can remember four specific times where I was like, God, if you don't open the door tonight, the way that I'm picturing you opening that door, that's another little ad, then I don't think I'm going to make it. I don't know how this is going to play out for me. And guess what, you guys? He didn't. Those doors I begged and pleaded and prayed that God would open, he didn't. And yet, looking back now in that season of waiting on God, if he had opened the very first door I'd asked, then the opportunities that got upgraded closed door after closed door that I am now living in were a reminder that if he had opened the door that I asked for, it would have been a very diminished opportunity. Does that make sense? Many of us desperately want God to open the door, but if he does it in our timing, it could absolutely affect the incredible gift that he has for us. So this morning, some of you are sitting here going, oh, I've been waiting on a relationship for God to do something in a long time. Maybe it's a child that's gone away. Maybe it's a relationship you're hoping comes back. For some of us, it's financial improvement. Some of you, it's a job promotion. And yet some of you, it's a job. And you're literally going, God, I've been faithful. Where are you? Well, church, we have an amazing opportunity this Advent season to take a step back and go, what does it look like to wait on God in a way that brings honor to God? And as a matter of fact, might, just might do something in us in the midst of that. As I prayed about this weekend, I wanted to take some of you to something you haven't probably experienced a whole lot, which is called Advent. Uh, Advent actually started on Friday. It's the 24 days leading up to Christmas Eve. And it, it simplifies a very simple thing. It's, uh, Advent is the Latin word Adventus, just, just means coming. Something's coming, right? Everybody that loves movies is waiting on that, that movie to appear, that movie to come. So Advent is just us coming. Now here's a, another way to say it. The Advent season, it's a season of waiting for something better 
that is coming. Something to look forward to, something to experience that reminds us that maybe there's something better for us. So in the Old Testament, uh, there's a couple words that were used in Hebrew, um, and I'm going to say them specifically in Hebrew so none of you will understand what I'm talking about. And to prove my intellect, I'm kidding. But there are two words that were used in the Old Testament to talk about waiting specifically. Here's the first one, yakal. Yakal is very basic. It simply just means to wait for. So it was used throughout the, the Old Testament as, as a basic reminder of waiting, of, of waiting for something. But this is the word that was used, that King David used in Psalms multiple times. It's used throughout. And even this verse we're going to talk about in a second is specifically this word kava, which has a definition that adds to the understanding of Advent and adds to the understanding of how this season, this holiday season, God could use to grow our faith. And the definition is just simply to wait in tension. Anybody ever waiting in tension? You're just like, man, it's that pregnant pause right before the thing happens. You're just waiting. You're right at the edge. You're up to the edge of this thing. And you're just like, come on. Well, the nation of Israel was feeling the same way seven, eight, now 2,700 years ago. They were in a desperate place. The nation was dark. They were being uh, Sold on the cat. I mean, they were just literally being attacked. They were being, uh, all these things were oppressing them. And, and the prophet Isaiah says this to them. He says, I will wait for the Lord, Kava. I will wait in tension. I will wait appropriately. Who is hiding his face from the house of Jacob. Some of you feel that this morning. Not that you're the house of Jacob, but you feel like he's hiding his face. And he simply said, and I will hope in him. I will wait in tension for the Lord. I know some of you right now are staring darts at me like, dude, don't, no. I can't go there. This is too, this is, there's too much emotion connected to this. You know, my friend Lisa Turkhurst refers to, she always says, uh, feelings are indicators, not dictators. But yet we as a culture love to let our feelings determine whether God is faithful and good, don't we? What I want to do this morning is encourage your heart with an anchor of truth that hopefully can be so helpful in the seasons where your feelings and your consequences and your, uh, your circumstances, excuse me, are not looking like God is being the God that you believe in. That maybe he's not showing up in the way that you had pictured he would. And I think in the midst of a storm and uh, well, we'll go to that, but go, Terry, go back to that real quick, that verse. In the midst of the same feeling, Israel, Isaiah sent him a word of hope that I'm going to hope in him in the dark. Here's one of the reasons I think Christian hope is different, is that Christian hope is different than just hope. It's based on a person and not just our circumstances. But you guys, we live in a day and age, right, that our circumstances are literally telling us what we think about God. And so let's, let's look at a verse in Galatians that I think is going to be an anchor point for your spirit in the seasons of waiting where you're like, God, I don't see you and I don't know where you are. And this Advent season gives us a chance as a church family to practice this thing. Because I believe if we had a church filled with believers and followers of Jesus that learned how to wait well on God and believe and trust in better things, we would change this community for the better. So in Galatians 4, 5, listen to this. It says, but when the set time that's interesting. When the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, 
to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. God says, when the set time was full. God has a timing for things. It's in God's timing, right? When he sees fit, he moves. When he takes his scope on the world and your situation and your story, he moves. But it's in a set time. It's a powerful thought. And Advent is honestly just waiting in your story in the same way, with expectation and hope of something better in that. So some of you uh, maybe have done this as a kid. You had an Advent count, or excuse me, an Advent candle system. Some of us in the church don't do this anymore. Most of us are like, what is that? Why are they different colors? Well, I'm gonna explain it to you, okay? So Advent, uh, basically these are the Advent wreath, as many call it, the Advent candles represented every Sunday leading up to Christmas. And so the first one represents uh, hope. And the colors mean something. The purple is just a, a color of, of royalty. It's a color of the king coming. So that's why it has to do with Advent, the idea that the king is gonna come and help us. The second one is the candle of peace. So next Sunday, which I have learned, by the way, when you're talking and lighting candles, it's very difficult. The second one of peace says that uh, on that Sunday, which for us will be December 10th, that we're gonna hope with peace. We're gonna have peace in our spirits as we wait for the coming of Jesus. The third one is pink, as you notice, which is also uh, the candle of joy. And pink has always been a symbolic color of joy in the Christian church. And lastly, it's kind of the culmination of all four weeks is the candle of love. Love is kind of the fulfillment of these four things, right? How many of you guys did this as a kid, right? And then you finished or as a family, you sat around and then you sang joy to the world or something like that. It's just a cool reminder. Some of you maybe need to go out and get one. Just as every Sunday leading up to Christmas, it gives us another chance to remind ourselves that we're waiting in expectation with anticipation of something better. For years, Christians have done this. They've believed in this. They've looked at this. And I think it's kind of a lost art a little bit. I, I even had a professor once who would think about heaven and he'd talk about the next thing in his life. And he believed that Jesus was coming back. And every time he talked about it, he just teared up. I think we've lost some of this waiting as Christians that God is gonna do something in the spaces that we don't know where he is right now. One of the most amazing, you can, you can have these moments, right? Waiting is not, not always terrible. Like as a kid, I used to get up Christmas morning and I would yell, you start waking the parents up, you know, just a shade under four hours before sunset or sunrise. Start screaming, hey, let's go, it's time to open it. That, that's exhilarating, waiting on those things. Maybe you have a trip plan that you've just been waiting on and you're just like, this is gonna be the best. I know I had a, a day almost 22 years ago that was one of those days. It was exhilarating, it was our, our wedding day. And uh, I, I'll never forget when Carrie came in, um, her dad walked her in and I just lost it. Just straight up, just wept. And she came down and uh, what's funny is right before the service, our, our videographer put microphones on us. And I was like, what is that for? And he said, we won't turn it on until the vowels. He's a liar. <laughs> so we get down, you know, they do the part where it says, who gives this woman to stand beside this man? And we, we link arms. And the very first thing we do is sing, holy, holy, holy. And my rendition was so bad that you can hear on the video, my wife leaning over, day one, hour one of this 22 years marriage, stop singing. <laughs> so sometimes waiting is good. That was a good day. 
But many of us have been waiting for a long time. A season that you're just like, is this season ever gonna end? Kind of like how Narnia was always winter, right? They were waiting on something different. Some of you are in a season right now that feels like winter. Now in Florida, that's hard to picture because I watched all of you for four days of gray skies lose your minds. <laughs> but picture living in snow and some of you in your season of life right now, you're just going, but the trees are dead. Nothing's blooming. God, where are you in this? And you've tried to, you're a good Christian, right? So you've tried to manufacture hope and peace and joy and love because that's what good Christians do. And yet you're going, man, that is just not, it's dry. It doesn't feel like that. And again, I wanna point you to a verse that's so critical in this and so helpful in this as the Galatians 4 is, but back into the place where Isaiah sent a prophecy of hope that you've heard at Christmas. He sent it into the same feeling you're feeling right now, which is darkness sometimes, desolate. I need hope. Listen to what he says. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. You've heard this before around Christmas. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Emmanuel. Now, some of you biblical scholars in the room might know the answer to this, but um, how long did this take to be fulfilled? A couple years? A couple weeks? 700 years. So imagine being a people that get a word of hope like this. God speaks into their lives and says, I'm going to do this for you. And a year later, they're going, do you think he's really going to do that? He hasn't shown up yet. Maybe 10 years down the road, a decade later, they're going, is God really going to do what he said he's going to do? Some of you right now are sitting in a season of life where he said something to you and you don't even believe it anymore. And it might've only been two months. We're not good at waiting as a culture, are we? Impatience can absolutely uh, thwart the plans God has for us. And this morning, I wanna encourage us that while we wait, what if we do it in a way that could change the process for us? So therefore God can do the very best things in our life like he did when he sent Jesus. It's just that generation had to wait on it. Here's two ideas while you're waiting to think about. Number one, what if God is actually doing something in the waiting? Some of you really don't like me right now because you're like, I need this to happen tomorrow. And maybe it will. The other thought is, what if God's growing something in you? What if he's growing something in your spirit, in your life, in your leadership, in your parenting, in your um, whatever, that he could only grow in a season of waiting? Would you be willing to wait for that? Patience is, there's a reason it shows up as a fruit of the spirit, right? It's a fruit of the what? Spirit, because it's not natural. It's hard, it's difficult. And those, again, we don't like to wait for things because it's not easy to do. And yet, what if God's just doing something? What if Advent, this season, we as a, as a community of Christians have an opportunity to seize this moment and go, God, we want to wait well that you're gonna do something in our lives. So here's the two thoughts I want you thinking about this morning. That we're gonna trust God's timing while we're waiting and that we're gonna trust God's purposes while we wait. 
We're going to trust his timing in our life. Galatians 4 timing. That when the time was set, it will be fulfilled. And that we trust God's purposes while we wait. Uh, The first way we're going to trust God's timing is we're going to stay connected. Staying connected uh, is easy to say and hard to do, right? John 15, when Jesus talked about this, he, he used the illustration of a vine and fruit. And he just says, abide in me and I in you. As this branch cannot bear fruit by itself. That makes sense. It's pretty logical. Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you uh, abide in, my, in me. Excuse me. And yet many of us are mad at God because he's not doing the thing that you thought he said to you. And yet it's been two months since you've even had a conversation with God about it. And you're mad at him and he's going, yeah, well, we could talk about that if you ever showed up and talked to me about it, right? We miss the opportunities to abide and stay connected. Here's what I can tell you. That in the seasons where your circumstances or your situation is not going well, if you plug your source into social media, it's not going to get better. If you plug your source into those friends that think they know everything about everything and they might know something about something, but you plug your source into the wrong place and stay connected to the wrong things, this will not go well. But what if we as a church decided, you in your own personal life, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna wait well. God, I'm gonna trust your timing in my life even though right now this does not feel right. We stay connected to God in that. The second thing we're gonna do in the midst of staying connected, or excuse me, in the midst of trusting God's timing is we're gonna trust the process. Now, unfortunately, there's a team that loves that phrase and they just won the SEC championship and I'm dealing with it. <laughs> no, stop. We're not gonna go there. I know, it's okay. Trusting the process is something a lot of people say on a regular basis, right? So you're probably hearing this going, yeah, I hear, I've heard that a million times. But what if we actually trusted that what is happening in our lives in the midst of uh, not having all the things that we think God's promised us is the thing that changes us for the better, right? Uh, Jeremiah was also a prophet that spoke in the midst of uh, Israel desperately needing hope. And listen to what he said. You've heard this. Many of you have had this crocheted on your uh, wall somewhere. Uh, This is what he says. And this is from Eugene Peterson's message version. I know what I'm doing. Jeremiah 29, 11. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not to abandon you. Plans to give you the hope, excuse me, the future you've hoped for. You've heard that verse before, right? Imagine hearing that verse right now, dead center in the thing that you were struggling with. In the the place that you're going, God, you haven't been here and you haven't been here in so long. I don't even know if it's worth going there anymore. Imagine hearing this kind of hope in the midst of that. And I think those are the kind of anchors we need to put in our spirits for the days that we don't feel it. But we want to hang on to what's true. Here's another way I like to say it in a leadership perspective is that the destination doesn't define you. The process does. The process defines us. Now, if there's one truth or one idea that I could anchor so deep in the next generation's spirit and their soul and their, and their uh, operation system, it's this. Because we live in a day and age where we constantly want the next thing and we want it overnight. And every overnight success that you've heard on the radio had 15 albums before that song. 
but we want to cut. We want to short circuit. We want to move to the end because we think that's the thing. But church, I want to challenge us. What if that's not the thing? What if it's the process that's the thing? What if it, what God does in us is the thing? What if it's the process, the waiting, the developing, the growth, the time, the experience you get? You ever looked at a young leader and said, man, if I could give you experience right now. Experience changes us. We're all in process. Instant isn't the best thing. It's not sustainable. If things happen overnight, they're not sustainable. We want good things that last for a long time. And we need to be the kind of people that can trust in God's word that he has good things for us. So some of you right now feel like you're in a season where it's like you've been planting seeds uh, and, and it's in the desert, right? You're literally going, there is no fruit and no growth. Anybody ever been to um, Death Valley National Park? Anybody ever been there? It's out west. Here's a, here's a picture of Death, Death Valley. It is desolate. It is a place that it hits some of the record temperatures in the U.S. on this continent. It is, it, when, when I say nothing good grows there, that's, that's what I mean. It is a desert of deserts. And yet, in 2016, a phenomenon happened. And what, what happened was years and years of desert looking desert. <laughs> There's stuff that's been sitting dormant under all of that sand for years and years and years and years. But there's a phenomenon called a super bloom. And what the super bloom shows is that there are just the right amount of weather, just the right amount of conditions, just the right combination of things. And it does this. Seeds that have been laying dormant for years that most people could never see. All of a sudden, the right conditions, the right mixture of this little thing and that little thing. And you find yourself in a bloom that's unheard of and unseen for years and years and years to come. And my prayer this morning, honestly, is that this is where some of you are about to go. I pray all of you. I wasn't just picking a few of you, by the way. But I think God's timing, Galatians 4 timing says, one day when the time is set, I will fulfill what I'm doing in you right now. So the first thing I just said, we're gonna trust God while we wait. And the second thing is we're gonna trust God's purposes while we wait. As I mentioned the season where I was struggling with which way is up and what's God doing in my life. And the nights that I would lay and just go, God, if you don't show up, I'm not gonna make it. I started implementing this little practice of my own. And again, if you're around me at all, I just love leadership. So I always try to think practically about these things. And, it's just this little simple phrase, be curious. And in the seasons where I'm kind of just like, what is happening? And one little thought or nudge from the Holy Spirit or uh, a friend says something, I just start getting curious. God, what if, I, what if that was you? And my curiosity says, what if I just want to take one step in the next seven days towards whatever that thing is you just said to me? And in the seasons of waiting, if we could find ourselves being curious, going, God, is that you? Because if it is, I want to take a little step forward in that. What I found in that season of my life is that every time I asked God to open a, open a door, specifically at this time, and he didn't, the next day I woke up with an upgraded opportunity. 
And then he didn't do it again. And there was another upgraded opportunity. Now, when I tell you I'm standing here today because I got curious and I'm standing here today doing things way bigger than the one thing or the two things that I'd ask God to open the doors and he didn't. I am living proof that if, I, if you can lean in and trust that God is gonna move in your life and do things in you, because there's things I can carry now that I couldn't have carried had not I not walked through that season. I can sit with leaders and pastors in their space of pain because I've walked through it and I sit with them and I go, but you can trust God's timing and you can trust his purposes in your life. And this matters. So what would it look like today if you just got a little bit curious about what God's doing while you're waiting? Here's one thing I know is that instant isn't as good, is it? Now, who in this room is fired up to go change clothes after church, head home for some football and build your biggest bowl of instant mashed potatoes? Who's in? Who loves a good bowl of instant mashed potatoes? Come on. Do they sell them still? I don't know. I tried them one time without making them. Don't do that. Instant isn't as good. And the things you want right now are probably pretty instant. And I have, a, I have a system or a belief system that I've put into my own, my own life when I feel like I want the instant, the right now, the low hanging fruit. And honestly, as I've been around the church for 25 years and pastoring and leading in different spaces, I've never seen this somewhat not true in our lives. And this morning, I think it's the thing that will remind you that maybe just maybe God hasn't forgotten you in this season. And Advent gives us a chance to remember what it looks like to wait appropriately on God. Here's what I think. What we want in seasons of waiting is relief. We want relief from the pain. We want relief from the emotion. We want relief from the betrayal. We want relief from them walking out. We want relief from the financial implications. We want relief from all the things. But I believe with all my heart that what we need is revelation. That what we need is Jesus in the midst of our lives, teaching us and growing us so that one day there's a bloom and a harvest that you cannot even imagine because your imagination can only go here. And God's plans are way bigger than that. Now, I mentioned this earlier. Some of us celebrate Advent like this, right? 24 days of chocolate. Who loves a good Advent calendar? Anybody in this room? Now, what's happened in our current modern day child rearing days is it's become 24 days of Christmas because every Advent day they get like big presents, right? Okay, just our family. But what happens if, what's today, the third what happens if I just open this one? You okay? You guys all right? Some of you are freaking out right now. What if you just go ahead and open the 24th? There'll be plenty of these after the service if you were wondering. What just happened? I literally just short-circuited the whole thing. I mean, this is good chocolate too. Williams-Sonoma, guys. But there's something that we do on a regular basis where we open the 24th because we think it's better. And what God has for us is 23 days of growth, 23 days of waiting and expectation for our heavenly father to show up and do something in our lives that we have been praying for forever. 
Now, based on your response earlier, not many of you do uh, the Advent candles, but if you do, you realize there's one missing. There's a candle that most Christian homes would put right in the center of this thing. Anybody know the name of the white candle that goes in the middle? The Jesus candle. In Christian homes, when we do this, the Christmas Eve, we get back there and we, we light the white candle in representation of he's come. But I want to ask some of you, and this is a little bit of a side thought real quick, but some of you have had this candle decorating your house for years and years and years. Matter of fact, you even come to church a good bit. But you've never lit this candle in your life. You've tried to do the things that we're called to do as good Christians, and yet you've never been willing to say, I'm going to light this thing and put it at the dead center of my life. Because as a matter of fact, when I put this at the center, people are going to think I'm religious. Okay. When I put this at the center, I might be considered weird. All right. But here's what I can tell you from my experience in my life. When I put Jesus at the very center of the things that I do in my life, I'm better for it. When this thing that so many of us allow to just be a decoration or a book on the side table or a random conversation because I don't want anybody to think I'm weird. But you guys, I'm telling you, when you light this and you let it sit at the dead center of hope and peace, and joy and love, those don't have to be manufactured in your life. They come from a place of overflowing life. And so this morning, maybe some of you are just so sick and tired of trying to pull up your bootstraps and be filled with hope because your situation, which I don't even want to try to begin to understand, is so desolate and dark that without Jesus, you're going, I don't know. I don't know. But what matters is that you got a chance now to do that. There's two things I want you to think about this morning and then I'm going to sing, uh, not I'm going to sing, but we're going to sing a song over you. I could, okay. No, we're good. There's two things as we sing this song over you and I'm going to tell you where this song came from in just a second that I want you to think about this morning. Some of you specifically need to repent. You need to turn from your cynicism and your frustration with God because you're so mad that he hasn't done what you think he should do. And some of you just need to get right with God this morning and say, you know what, Lord, I'm actually today, I'm gonna put this right back in the middle of this place where it belongs. I'm gonna light it too. And then there's some of you, and this is a little more personal for some of you, but some of you don't think you deserve or allowed to have this kind of hope in your life because of what you've done. And I wanna just be here to tell you that none of us do. None of us deserve it, but it doesn't mean he doesn't promise it. And it doesn't mean that God doesn't have something great in store for you. So in the middle of my season where I was like, God, where are you? I was in St. Louis at an event and I was driving. This is how you drive apparently. And I was driving the car and, and this Christmas song came on. I'd never heard before. It's from Hillsong Worship. And um, as I'm driving, this song is just starting to stir. And you guys probably had this if you walk with Jesus any length of time. It's almost like God just kind of came and sat in the car with you, you know? Not like Carrie Underwood, Jesus take the wheel moment, but like he's right here with me. And when the bridge came on, I had to pull the car over and weep. 
because there was a line in the bridge that put such resolve in my spirit to go, yes, that's me. Listen to what he says in the bridge. I can see the promise. It's a song called Seasons by Hillsong Worship. I can see the promise. I can see the future. You're the God of seasons and I'm just in the winter. Maybe that's what you needed to hear this morning. You're just in the winter. But if all I know of harvest is that it's worth my patience, then if you're not done working, I'm not done waiting. And that's the line. When I heard that, it lifted my spirit to where I said, God, the resolve in me is if you're gonna do more work, do it. Because I'm not gonna be impatient on this work. I'm not gonna be impatient on what you're doing in my life because my kids will be better if I wait appropriately. My family will be better if I wait on you appropriately. My, my marriage, my work, the people, the friends, they are gonna be better if I believe this is a long game. And you guys, Advent season is that. This is a season each of us get to practice the idea of what if we wait on God well and we trust his timing and we trust his purposes. Let me pray for us. Father, would you um, allow these truths, the prophecies that spoke hope into Israel, the truth of Galatians 4, that you, you have not forgotten any of us but instead, God, there's, there's a season that you might be moving us into where those seeds that we've been tilling and fertilizing and working on for years and years and years are finally gonna show fruit. Would you let us be the kind of church, God, who even has in those moments of anger can talk to you about it, but can also trust you. And God, this morning, we just wanna proclaim that we're gonna trust your timing and we're gonna trust your purposes as we wait on these new seasons in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to the First Orlando podcast. For more information like our service times, location, and other contact information, be sure to visit us online at firstorlando.com. Have a great week.